thanks for stopping. <laughs> Some night, huh? On this very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> Yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. Uh, I get off right up here. Have a nice day. <laughs> Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent ya. <laughs> Hey, inmates, what's up? Did I say inmates? Inmates. Damn. All right, let me preface this before we do anything, before we go any further into this episode. I am drinking or have drank a pop called Africola, which is imported from Germany. Soda? Yes. It's soda? It's Africola. Its, it's name is A-F-R-I-Cola. Uh, last weekend, myself, my wife, and Lisa all went down to Cincinnati to that store that I've talked about, Jungle Gyms International Market, which has everything for me in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, I go down there to buy new and unique stuff. And um, we're going to make this quick because we're going to jump into an interview in a minute. So I got this stuff called Africola, which has got, I think, 250 milligrams or 300. It's, it's the highest caffeine. No way, dude. If it had 300 milligrams of caffeine, you'd be dead. It's the highest caffeine cola you can buy in America right now, imported from Germany. And I drank it and um, I'm really, really whacked out on caffeine right now. So I'm going to do the best I can to not turn it. Uh, okay, 100. Why do you do this? At the re-release, it had a content of 150 milligrams per liter so that per liter. content does not need to be listed per bottle. Yes. Uh, no, wait here. Uh, caffeine content of 200 mil 250 milligram. Changed it back to the original recipe. I'm looking at the Wikipedia, which describes they tried to change it. They tried to change the recipe and people stopped like 89 milligrams. OK, so it, it's got a lot of caffeine in it. Um, and I'm really, really zooming right now. Um, 12 ounce. Is that a 12 ounce bottle? This is an 11.16 ounce bottle. 12, 12 ounce bottle. It's 89 milligrams per 12 ounce bottle. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Like, like I've been eating my fingernails and stuff. I'm kind of waiting for, for, for it to That's slow down. That's awesome. You're going to have a stroke. <laughs> Anyways, tonight we are interviewing the author of the blog, The Ghost in My Machine, whose name I believe is pronounced Lucia, and she's out of Washington, D.C. Anybody that hangs out on the Project Archivist Facebook page um, knows that as much as I oh. can, I frequently Shh. post stuff. What? What's up? Okay. What? I, before you go any further. Yes. It's in your head. What is in my head? Because Jolt Cola was 160 milligrams for the same size. Great. I haven't drank Jolt Cola. Well, here's the other problem. 
<laughs> since you've cut off my inter- my intro for for uh, the ghost in my machine. Um, I, I've been actually trying to cut back on caffeine, so I've been drinking a lot of decaffeinated pop. Ah, oh, you. Well, I, I have high blood pressure, and my doctor's like, you really should cut back on this. So I'm like, okay, but I had to work really early this morning. <laughs> So I didn't want to be tired. So I was like, hmm. Good luck. Sh- yeah, well, you've accomplished that, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm really trying not to talk fast. So back to this. Yes. So we're going to interview her. Uh, she runs the blog, The Ghost in My Machine, which appears to be a whole lot of urban legends. There's a section on there. It's campfire my favorite style. section. Yeah, campfire stuff. There's one section in there. It's my favorite one called The Most Dangerous Game. And it's all of these like kind of spells and kind of like like games like uh, what's the one where you stare in the mirror and you say uh, you say the thing three times and the woman appears. I can't remember what it is right now. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. I almost said Bloody Mary, but I thought that was wrong. It's That's she's right. got a blog all full of these kinds of like really weird stuff that you find in the darkest recesses of Reddit. And I've been bugging her for a while. Good stuff, though. And I said, uh, hey, why don't you come on the show? And she's like, I've never really done a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. So I I kind of poked and prodded her back and forth. And finally, she said, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk to her. And the other thing is we have a voicemail this week. It's probably one of the best voicemails we've ever gotten. And it comes to us from the UK. I do recommend that you stick around after the show and listen to it. And I'm also going to do a review of these um, uh, cotton candy Twinkies that I found limited edition down at Jungle Jim's World Market. Um, Twinkies, of course. About three months ago. Oh, you had them out there already? I hadn't seen them anywhere around here. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try these. So, um, anyways, um, yeah, let's uh, let's just jump into the interview and see what happens, and we'll go from there. Cool. So, with us this week, we have Lucia Peters from the fantastic blog, another one of my favorites. Every time we have a blogger on here, I'm like, you're one of my favorite blogs, but you are one of my favorite blogs from theghostinmymachine.com, and you're out of Washington, D.C. So, uh, yeah, welcome to Project Archivist. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on here. I was, I remember we've been going back and forth for a while trying to set this up. So, yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, tell me about The Ghost in My Machine. What is it, and um, how did you get started into this? Uh, you know, it, it started as a very strange hobby. <laughs> um, I've, I've had a lot of weird hobbies ever since I was a kid. I, I was really into ghost stories and urban legends when I was a kid. Um, but I think I kind of originally had gotten into them mostly because I was scared of everything when I was really young. So I sort of started <laughs> reading about, like, there came a point where I decided I wanted to sort of start looking into why people are afraid of the things they're afraid of, which I think might have been a coping mechanism and a way to, like, stop being afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, True, but, that's exactly uh, what it is. You know, and I just kind of, I just kind of stuck with it, you know, reading up on and analyzing ghost stories and urban legends and other weird things just sort of became a thing that I did. Um, And when I, I I am a professional writer, this is what I do. I cover, you know, daily news for um, other sites. But um, when I was on and off throughout my entire career, I've also written about, you know, like weird niche web culture things and, you know, urban legends and ghost stories and true crime and so on and so forth. Um, and I had started the ghost of my machine at a point in my career when the sites that I was writing for, uh, didn't really cover all of that stuff. Um, so I kind of just, I wanted an outlet for it. Like I wanted to keep reading about it. I wanted to keep researching it. I wanted to keep writing about it. So I, I started, I started the blog as, you know, just a wordpress.com thing that I was running for free. Um, 
just to kind of keep it keep it going. And like almost five years later now, here we are. Um, I moved over to likeaproper.com this year. I, you know, had a, a designer actually design me a pretty site so that it looks nice again. Um, so it's just been sort of expanding. I'm, I'm still very surprised at how much it has grown in that amount of time. Oh, it looks beautiful. It's a really oh, cool yeah, site. Yeah, absolutely. House of Grays. Megan Gray of House of Grays. She was my designer. She's great. Yoshi Teaser. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> so She's fantastic. I got to ask you, because the stuff that you cover, it appears to be primarily urban legend and creepypasta kind of stuff. Yeah, mostly. You've got stuff all over the internet. Like, I comb Reddit a lot. I've belonged to a lot of different groups on Reddit, and I belong Mm -hmm. to a whole bunch of different strange news sites. And so I'm constantly reading and posting weird and strange news. You pull up the most obscure, bizarre (laughs) shit that I have ever seen. And it's from all kinds of strange corners of Reddit. No, I don't mean like the weird, like fetish areas of Reddit. I mean, just like you just pull these weird stories out of everywhere. So like, how, how do you go to find this stuff? What do you, I mean, I mean, it's because you're not just part of creepypasta. You're part of a whole bunch of different ones. This is true. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't really know that I necessarily have a system for, for finding things. I just, honestly, I spend a lot of time just reading weird stuff, um, you know, and yes, when we know something, that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's like when I find something that sounds kind of interesting, you know, whether, you know, there are a lot of, I mean, like no sleep is the big subreddit. Um, and then there's also the, the three Kings subreddit, which spun off um, a couple of years ago. Actually, one of the, one of the like weird urban legend games that sort of sprang up around this, uh, the, the time that, um, I mean, urban legend games have grown in interest a lot over the last couple of years. And three Kings was a big part of that. And that originally surfaced on the no sleep subreddit. Um, and then that spun off into its own subreddit that is focused primarily on, uh, urban legend games. So like, you know, I troll there a lot. Um, they also look at my stuff a lot. Um, (laughs) there's kind of a cross cultural thing there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, it's it's kind of, I mean, sometimes I'll find stuff in really weird places. Like actually, the Kisaragi Station, which I, you know, maybe we'll talk about at some point. Um, I found that one on the tip of my tongue subreddit, or the tip of your tongue. It's the one where people post like, I found this weird thing and I don't remember what it is. This is what I remember about it. Can you tell me what it is? And then people dig up, you know, whatever whatever that thing was, mm-hmm. ideally with the goal of identifying it. And that was actually where I found. Kisaragi Station. So it can kind of, it, they come from all over the place. Um, and it's mostly like once I found a story that I'm interested in exploring a little story, a little further, then I, I just start asking a lot of questions about it. And I kind of, you know, any any detail that strikes me as significant in some way, shape or form, I'll, I'll go look into that. Um, and sometimes it takes me down a really bizarre rabbit hole. So, yeah, <laughs> um, like, <laughs> I don't even know where to go because, I mean, you've got some, well, you know what? Let's just start with going through some stuff that's in your blog. Okay. My favorite section of your blog is the most dangerous game. It reminds me, it's like some weird client, like if 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 the Hellraiser box were some kind of urban legend, I feel that you would have found it. lament configuration? Yes. If the lament configuration were a real thing or an urban legend buried somewhere, I feel like you would have found it. Or like the damnation game or something. What is the most dangerous game? What is that section all about? Um, it's it's about chronicling kind of what uh, urban legend games like Bloody Mary or like Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board, the kinds of things that you know, especially a lot of us who grew up in the like seventies, eighties, and nineties played when we were kids at sleepovers. It's mm-hmm. sort of chronicling what those kinds of urban legends have been doing in the digital age, um, because they're they're all over the internet now, like freaking everywhere. <laughs> um, and it, it, they've, 
they kind of tend to come in a couple of different flavors. Um, sometimes they're games that you could very easily actually play, and like you might not necessarily end up summoning a spirit or a demon while you play them, but like you could very easily, you know, perform the summoning ritual, which usually involves like writing your name on a piece of paper and like dabbing your blood on it, and then wandering around your house for a couple hours with the lights off. Like you can very easily do that, and maybe maybe the midnight man will show up. Maybe he won't. Um, and then there are others that kind of take the format of doing this kind of game and spin it off into like a really fantastical piece of fiction. Um, so that'll be things like 11 miles where like, you're supposed to just like get in your car and drive and eventually you'll find the right road and then you'll go down that road and then weird shit will happen while you're going down it. Um, and so most of the, the, the most dangerous games are kind of about finding as many of those legends as I can. Um, you know, sometimes they're things that did originate in the English language internet. Sometimes they came from many, many, many other places. And I'm sort of working with what I can, what I can deal with through Google translate. Um, it's a good thing. Translation software is better than it has been. Uh, and just kind of like putting together (laughs) the best. Yeah. It's, it's still not great, but it's getting better. Uh, but it's kind of about assembling, you know, as many different versions of a legend I can find and putting together the most comprehensive set of rules that I can. Um, you know, I try to plug plot, plot holes where they are and, uh, you know, try to cover some angles that might not have been addressed by, you know, the original sets of rules that I find. Uh, but at the same time, it's also about spitting a story. Um, you know, it's it's almost like, a, you know, a second person story, a story written in the second person where the reader is meant to be the main character. Um, so that way, like you get you get some fun out of them, even if you just read them or, you know, you could actually go try them at some point. I asked you before we got going with this, I'm like, why don't you just find a few of them that are your favorites? Because you've got a lot on here. Yeah, I've been like, doing this for, you know, there's almost five years worth of games there. So yeah. Like, there's a lot of them. There's, you've got one on here, like Summoning La Lukuga, I believe. My oh, yeah, La, La Segua. It's actually, I'm probably not pronouncing it right, because a lot of, especially the games that are that come from from other countries or from other cultures, uh, ones oh. where I'm not fluent in the language, I've often only ever read them. I've never heard anyone actually say them. So Have I will you ever heard us try to them. pronounce words on this show? <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, easy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Some of us can. So, I know, can't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apologize in advance for any any languages that I butcher tonight because there's oh, going to be a lot of them. You'll fit right in here. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You'll well, fit um, right in. Let's start with, uh, do you have a couple you want to talk about? Uh, I feel like maybe we should probably start with the elevator game, since that's probably the the, the most well-known one. Yeah, um, all right, so yeah, the elevator game, this is this is the one that actually I think probably most, like, this is the single most visited piece on my entire site. Like, everyone goes here. Um, it, I believe, originated uh, on the Korean online hub Neighbor, um, which it's... I think my understanding of Neighbor is that it's kind of a social network, but it's also like more than that. Like, I think there are a lot of different things to it. It's a lot of it is very confusing to me and I'm, you know, piecing together what I can, what I can find online um, about it. But it it kind of spread around Neighbor before eventually making its way to the English language internet by a a couple of people who were multilingual and translated it. Um, And the idea is that you go, um, you find an elevator in a building with at least 10 floors, you enter it alone, you press the buttons in the elevator in a certain order, and it's supposed to transport you to some sort of alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's again, this is one of those ones that like you could do and you might just end up, you know, having it not work, you know, which is likely, I would say. But um, what's sort of interesting about this one is that there's a, there's a villain too. the rules state that at some point it's possible that a woman might get on the elevator when you stop at the fifth floor and you're never, ever, ever supposed to look at her. The implication is that she's not human and she will trap you and then you will never be able to go home again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they had that this was kicking around when Alyssa Lamb. Yeah, passed. that I they think is. They thought that had something. Yeah, and and actually there there was um, 
so I, I think I want to say I originally published this one maybe in 2014 sometime. And I think shortly after that, I started getting people coming to the site actually like inquiring about whether or not it was something that Elisa Lamb had been playing. Uh, I don't think it was, uh, you know, I, I, I realized her death was really, really tragic and there's a lot that we're never probably never oh, yeah. going to know about it. Um, but yeah, it is one of the theories that she was playing this game uh, when she died. Uh, again, I don't buy it, but it is yeah, what it is. There's been a lot of, there's been a lot of new information that's come out within the last three or four months about what actually went down with her. Yeah. Yeah. So it's sad, but I, mean, I remember when that, when, when they first started showing the video, yeah, the, the video is chilling. Yeah, it is very, very, it's eerie. a bizarre yeah. video. It really, that was, it was like, what's going on here. And then she's flipping out. And then the next thing you know, she ends up in the water tower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it is. And, and, and the thing that I, that makes it so freaky is that it's, it's not just, you know, something that someone, you know, made to kind of fake a, a you know, a paranormal ghost game, you know, something that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so that, that is one of the, one of the draws people often, uh, come to the site looking for information about Elisa Lamb. Um, I think, you know, if we are dealing with the elevator game as a piece of fiction, which is what I think it is, um, What's interesting about it to me is that, so I'm not super into Freudian theory, but there is one essay that I always come back to. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned it a ton of times on the site and various things, but it's the uncanny, which um, is something that Freud wrote in about 1919, uh, where he defined something feeling uncanny as the familiar made strange. So it's something that you know that looks really familiar, but it feels just a little bit off. Like the uncanny um, valley with androids. Yeah. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the things it's like, it looks, it looks human, but it, doesn't look human enough or it looks too human you know it's kind of not quite not quite right uh-huh. um and i think that's one of the things that the elevator game taps into because it takes, takes something you know really really ordinary and commonplace it's an elevator we've all seen elevators they're everywhere um and it turns it into something altogether extraordinary um especially because like you know an elevator is only supposed to be able to go along one path you know it can only go to certain places and then it goes somewhere that it really shouldn't be able to go um and there's something about that that i just find really really interesting yeah Turns in from an elevator into a wonk evader. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it's the great glass elevator only. That's with it. This. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of one of my 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 own personal favorites. Um, I've also actually this was a, a relatively new discovery to me, uh, mostly because I was only able to find it pretty much in Portuguese. Uh, the Compass Game, which is it's it's basically it's a Ouija board, um, except that what you do is you draw a circle on a piece of paper and, you know, you write the letters of the alphabet around it and the numbers zero through nine and yes and no. Uh, and then you take a compass, you know, the kind that you draw circles with and you uh, position it so that its legs are at right angles. And then you kind of hold it so that its point is right in the middle of the of the circle that you've drawn and let the arm kind of swing around and you ask it questions and it's supposed to, you know, give you answers. Um, and again, this one, like I, I did not find this anywhere on the English language internet. All I found were sources in Portuguese um, originating from uh, domains based in Brazil. Um, so putting that one together was a lot of fun just because I had to, like, I had to dig really, really deep and kind of find as many different versions and kind of work with the the imperfect Google Translate uh, translation See, of these pages. That's <laughs> what I like about your page, because you, you do this work. You... Like most people are going to be like, all right, I'm at some Portugal website. I'm, I'm done. You know, that's that's as far as people will go. And that's it. Whereas you're like, sure, I'll go to a, you know, a South Korean website or I'll go here and I'll go there and I'll find this. And you and you dig and you find the dirt, you know, and it's it's, it's really cool because it shows. Yeah, I you enjoy that. It <laughs> it's, shows, it's, fun. <laughs> it's cool because. 
people aren't going to hear these stories any other way than by going to your site. You know, I mean, you're, you're bringing this. This is what's even though what you're covering is more. We'll call it folklore because it's more or less what yeah, it is. It it's is cyber folklore. Yeah. But most people aren't going to go and dig this far and, do, and bring this stuff. So when you're bringing this over, you're you're carrying on you're carrying on this information and you're bringing it over to like people who probably, you know, nobody over here is going to see this stuff or find this stuff. So they kind of have to go to your page to find these stories. And that's, what's so cool about it. That's the draw to your site. It's like, there's always something freaking bizarre and weird on here <laughs> that I know you got from some, from who the hell knows where, you know, <laughs> it's the people that put the work into it. As my buddy says, is really in the magic by putting the work into it, you get what comes out of it. Oh, I'm so I'm glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it's, this is this is actually this is really nice to hear. You know, because I, I often like you know I, I just sort of you know work in my own little bubble, and you know people do come to the comment section and I converse sometimes. But uh, mm -hmm. it's it, this is nice to know. I uh, you know I just I I am just very curious about a lot of things, and so I like to ask questions about them, and then I like to like share what I find with everyone. So it's a delightful delightful symbiotic relationship that works for everyone <laughs> <laughs> symbiotic good choice <laughs> so anyways like you were that. saying i'm sorry go ahead i completely yeah. cut you off but uh no, no no it's fine uh anyway well that was mostly the spiel for the compass game i mean what was really actually what was interesting about the compass game too though is that i found a couple of um like other similar practices in other cultures um like i know and again another thing i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of but in in indonesia i guess there's a there's a, a game called jelenkung uh which is very similar to the compass game except that what you do is you you take a little doll um and you kind of like hold the doll up and it swings its arms around uh while it answers questions and that practice apparently also came like back from uh, from a, a practice i think in ancient china so it's just the, the fact that there are always these cultural connections uh between uh you know very similar themes is always very very interesting to me so so what that was that with was, the doll uh, it's 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 kind of the same thing that you do with the compass. Um, you I'm trying to remember if you I think you you attach I can't remember if you attach a pencil to its arm or you you attach something to its arm, but then you uh, you stand the doll up in the center of the circle that you've made, and it's supposed to spin around and its little arms uh, you know are supposed to point at uh, the letters to spell out to spell out the answers to your questions the, hmm. the way the compass arm would do in the compass game. Hmm. So it's. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool to me. It's cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm also kind of really fond of the like the really high octane hide and seek games. <laughs> high you octane know? hide and seek. Okay, go ahead. That's what they are. You know, it's, I mean, that's like the midnight game, the candles game. Uh, you know, there there have been some uh, over the years that have gotten more and more fantastical. So like, you know, there's something called the Apex, which like has you going out into the forest and running around and you know avoiding a giant monster. And then, uh, but you know, the the midnight game and the candles the candles game are both um, you know you, all you're doing is turning out the lights in your house and wandering around in the dark and like hoping that you know a boogeyman doesn't jump out and 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 scare you. But or you don't trip uh, over the uh, coffee table and kill yourself in the process. That too. That yeah, too. Part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's like it, it's it's the sort of thing where like you're wandering around your house and like you know that something's probably not going to happen, but you still wonder if maybe something could happen, you know. And that I think is where the draw for those ones are. You know, it's just the kind of the kind of thing that you that you you know you, the stories that you tell at night when you turn out the lights with your friends, uh, you know, at sleepovers. It's like these games are kind of the embodiment of those, um, only a lot more so. <laughs> you have one on here. Um, it's called the shoebox game, I believe it is, where you can oh contact the shoebox telephone. Yeah, what's can you tell me about that one? Yeah, that one, um, that one, if I remember correctly, it was also a fairly early one. It appeared, uh, it's by it was it, it originated with the same person who um, who uh, uh, first put Three Kings on 
on Reddit. Um, and this one, it's like you basically you create like a little telephone out of a shoebox and a paper cup, you know, kind of again, it's it's a very childlike device, which is interesting to me. Um, and it's supposed to allow you to, uh, you know, contact someone, someone, you know, who is dead. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me some really weird questions about like, who is fair game for contacting? Like, can you contact a pet? Well, you probably could, but you probably won't be able to understand what they're saying back to you. <laughs> uh, one time I, had a, I, I immediately go to that meme of the dog saying, going, hello, this is dog. Yeah. And the dog's got the phone next. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just popped into my yeah, head. No, uh, I mean, there was also, there was also a very, a very clear, you know, troll comment at one point where someone asked me if they could contact Rocky Balboa. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people have fun too, but yeah. So what you do is you kind of, um, you make a little, you make a little shoebox, And then at, at one point you, uh, you write a letter to, um, the person that you would like to talk to. Um, and you sort of explain why you want them to call you, uh, you know, and it's, you kind of have to write stream of consciousness. You're not supposed to cross anything out. You're not supposed to overthink. It. You're just supposed to write until you think you're done. And then when you're done writing, you take. Okay, so you need. A, you also need a power object. You know, which is something that is of, of significance to you, but ideally tied to the person that you want to talk to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you tie a thread to that object, and then you tie the other end of that thread to the paper cup, and then you put the object in the shoebox with the letter, and uh, leave the, the the little thread connecting to the uh, to the paper cup out of it. Um, and then you go kind of put it in a closet, and you leave it there for a while. And you wait for it to ring. <laughs> what? And what, what? How does the shoebox ring? ring? Go ahead, I'm sorry, exactly. go ahead. <laughs> what the ring might be, it's not necessarily gonna be, you know, like an actual telephone ringing at you. You might, you know, wake up from a dream and think, oh, I have to go answer the telephone the shoebox telephone, uh, might be something like that. Um, so as soon as you kind of feel like it's time to go answer the little phone that you made with the paper cup and the shoebox, uh, you, you go into the closet where you put the shoebox and you put the, put the cup to your ear and then you just listen. Um, you don't talk back. You just listen. <laughs> Actually, I think the way I described it at one point was they're calling collect. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. It's going to so, cost you. Know, you, you hello, listen, this is you, your aunt Marjorie. My undead minutes are about <laughs> to run out. So I need to make this quick. <laughs> And then you hear in the uh, background, four callers ahead of you, Tommy. <laughs> oh, my God. Like the commercial. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so then when you're so when you're done with the with the call or when you want to hang up, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend hanging up on whoever you called because it's rude. But, you know, so be it. Um, you're just supposed to box. I'm trying to understand <laughs> yeah. this. So you're supposed to hold the shoebox like close and then snap the uh, snap the thread. So basically you're you're oh, okay. you know, you're, right. you're literally breaking the phone that you've made. And, you know, when I when, whenever I say phone, it's got giant air quotes around it because it's a shoebox with a cup sticking out of it. Um, and so it, it's kind of, uh, this one is usually described as a relatively safe game to play um, for anyone who actually believes in ghosts and the supernatural. Again, for me, it's all folklore, but that's just me. Um, because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't involve like a blood sacrifice or, you know, it doesn't involve inviting some kind of monster in that might eat you or eat your soul or something like that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, basically just you're, you're trying to connect with someone who mattered to you who's no longer around, which is kind of, sweet in a, in a way. Um, however, uh, it is possible to dial a wrong number. This is apparently not a thing you ever want to happen because <laughs> you don't really know who you're going to be talking to. <laughs> um, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes I get I the feeling Stan, that like, not Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, cool. uh, but like, sometimes I, I get the feeling that like, if you make a, if you do dial a wrong number, then, um, I, I get the feeling that having the connection to the telephone means that you might actually be inviting that thing in to your home, but that's a little less clear. It's it's never been explicitly said, so for whatever that's worth. <laughs> I got to ask you one more, and if mm-hmm. you don't know the answer this off the top of your head, 
um, the games involving dice. Um, I know you've got at least one of them on there. Do, do you know any of them, or how how do they work? That it's like is it like spiritual crapshoots or? Uh, this one is the dice. Ga- the one that I uh, that I that immediately comes to mind is the one that actually is called the dice game. Um, and in some ways, it's there. Actually, there there's sort of a genre of um, of these sort of ritual pastas or you know ritual games uh, that are kind of like games of chance, where you're you're wagering against some form of, you know, something, something, you know, some sort of, sort of, sort of supernatural being or whatever. It's never explicitly said who you're making your bet against. Um, but the idea is to kind of like, you know, make a wager. And if you win this game, then you, you actually get a prize. Not all, not all most dangerous games have, uh, have a prize at the end of them. Sometimes they're things you just play for the thrill of doing it or whatever. Uh, but these ones, it's like you, you have something that you want. And by winning this game, then you will, you will, that wish will be granted in some way, shape, or form. Um, so the dice game is one of those kinds of games. And what you sort of have to do is you you almost, it's almost like you're setting it up like it's a Yahtzee, because <laughs> it involves cups and dice, and, you know, you kind of, uh, you, you set up you set up the room, and, uh, you know, you place, you know, two die in cups on either end of your little game board, um, and then you leave the room for a while, and then you come back, and if the, uh, if the, if the setup is in a, a specific, if the, if the, if everything is exactly as you left it, don't you, you're not supposed to keep playing. Uh, it means that your opponent does not want to play with you. Um, if you everything is left is the same as it was when you when you left originally, but the second die is no longer in the cup. Again, he doesn't want to play. Don't don't go forward. Um, if the cup is now if one of the cups is now upside down with the second die in it, then you can play. Um, and it involves, you know, rolling the dice and, uh, you know, keeping keeping note of whose 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 die is higher and whose die is lower. Um, and if ultimately after after both both die have been rolled, if yours is higher, then you win. And uh, if you win, then whatever you wagered will be yours. Um, it you know it might happen immediately, it might happen later. It's one of those things where like you're just sort of supposed to wait and it will happen. Um, if you lost though, uh, <laughs> this is where you lose your soul. Yeah, this is where you lose your soul. <laughs> so there's a lot of, and actually sometimes the, um, the 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 price of losing these games is often, I, I like to leave it a little a little vague uh, because it's the things that you don't see are always more interesting to me than the things that you do see. I oh, like so somebody's I like gonna scores. go out and do this stuff and they're gonna be like, you know, I wish you'd had told me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I try to set the tone so that's like you know that this is probably something you shouldn't be doing. But so um, I gotta ask, how do you roll the other dice too, or do you just roll your own dice? You roll, you roll your own dice. The idea is that he, uh, like, you know, it, while you're out of the room is when he sort of takes his turn. And oh, then, so the dice under the cup, after you roll your dice, then you lift the cup up and compare it to the dice under the cup, no? Yeah, yeah, pretty okay. much. Um, so it's, it's, there are a couple of games where uh, the, it's, it's dependent on, like, you leaving the room and then something changing while you're out of the room. Um, and this is one of those games. I think the, uh, the, the Gambler's Game is another one of those. Um, that one is, you, I want to say you're playing Blackjack against someone. Or something uh-huh. <laughs> unseen. Um, so there, there are a couple of, of games like this, and again, these are the ones that I think are, are less less likely to to actually uh, you know come to fruition, as it were. Um, I think they're more fun stories to read about. But it, but it is interesting to me that there are so many uh, there are so many games in 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 that genre, um, you know, in that sort of subgenre of the already large subgenre of of uh, ritual pastas. So yeah, as I say, some of these sound like sound more like spells than games, or just yeah. variations like the one you're talking about, the shoebox. It almost sounds like a variation of chaos magic if you're familiar with that at all. Um, 
there's I see a lot of crossovers from like um, for a lot of like summoning spells and stuff as you put it. That, yeah. That's what a lot of these sound like, just variations thereof. Um, yeah. I'll be it much cooler um, and more fun to read about because obviously I, get, I could just sit and talk with you about these all night long. Oh, they're, they're, they're so <laughs> um, much fun. <laughs> yeah. It's again. Uh, I mean, like how? I mean, did you, I don't know where. To, how out, do you bro. search this stuff? Where? How do you? Do you sit down one night and say, all right, it's Tuesday night, I'm going to go looking for weird games? Or do you just get on the internet and see where it takes you? Uh, kind of a combination of both. Sometimes, I mean, I do have a, like, I have a lot of Word documents just full of things that I would eventually like to cover. Um, and sometimes I find things while I'm looking for other things. Like, that was how I found the Compass game. Like, I found myself on some random, you know, Brazilian Portuguese language website looking up something else. And then I was like, oh, hey, this is new. Um so I, you know, I kind of like, I have a running list of things that I want to cover sometimes. Sometimes I do sit down and, you know, think, okay, I got, you know, 45 minutes, I'm going to go look for games, you know, and I, I start with some of the sources that I know they tend to pop up on. Um, the Actually, weirdly enough, the Creepypasta Wikia, sometimes very, very good. Um, there's a lot of bad stuff on there, but there's a lot of good stuff on there too, if you dig for it. <laughs> um, so sometimes it'll be that. And what I usually try to do is because the Creepypasta Wikia is often um, like things, sometimes things are written and, you know, originally published there. Some Sometimes they're, you know, taken from somewhere else and they wind up on there. Um, so usually if that's a starting point, then I try to see if it's, you know, if it came from anywhere else, you know, I'll take a look at, I'll go back through the history of, of, of it on the creepypasta. Cause you can do that. If you click like, you know, edit, there's, you can do a drop down so you can see the history of any given, the, the revision history of any given piece. Um, and I'll kind of like look at how far back it goes, like when the page was created, see if I can find other sources on which it existed before that, um, you know, see if there are other versions or if it's, you know, a, a true creepypasta that's just been, you know, copied and pasted and copied and pasted. Um, so it kind of, it depends. <laughs> the answer is it, it, it varies. Um, wow. So, <laughs> I <laughs> mean, again, it's, it can be a very strange rabbit hole sometimes. So let me ask it you about one like more, it. the one you got on here for dead, uh, the, the most dangerous game is Mr. Eyes. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that was one that I also like. I, I, I've. It has basically been scrubbed from the English language internet. I think because the original pasta is honestly not very good. Like, it's not very well written. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I, I found, you found it this on, on an Indonesian site. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's it's sort of interesting because like the the a lot of the the, the games that um, have gotten removed from like the creepypasta wikia, um, you know sometimes it's often the the reason given for their deletion is you know quote unquote housekeeping which usually means it was bad <laughs> okay and it was a quality it was a quality control issue um but quality sometimes control issue <laughs> yeah <laughs> you will find sometimes though that a lot of these things uh you know have been have been like other people took them and translated them um into their own languages and so they're kind of like they live on elsewhere um and that was what happened with uh with mr eyes is i found it there it was an indonesian site um that is list of paranormal game dot blogspot dot com um that is an indonesian site that also like it it chronicles a lot of a lot of games and you know translates them into indonesian um and that was i was looking at yeah, I was looking up something else. It's literally some other game that I was referring to that site for. And I was like, oh, I have never seen this one before. This is interesting. So I, you know, kind of clicked on it and I, you know, ran it through Google Translate <laughs> and uh, kind of tried to see what it was. And what was what was very apparent um, with that one, and then I did eventually, uh, I was able to find its page on 
the creepypasta wikia and then i ran it back through the wayback machine so that i could see what it was originally um before it got deleted the wayback machine is a great resource mm-hmm. yeah i've used <laughs> um, it a few times myself yeah i i use it all the time for like dead sites or because that's actually one of the things with um particularly with the with the uh, the urban legend games is they tend to they tend to pop up and then the sites will just as just as quickly like disappear or posts will get the d- deleted and um you know if but if you if you keep track of the urls you can usually still retrieve them in some way shape or form so i'm, God, I'm very good sounds like work <laughs> it is it is i think it's one of those things that we're like again through a combination of just stuff for stuff for the ghost of my machine and just stuff for you know my regular job like I, it's it's one of my one of the first things i do if i find something it's difficult to access you know i'll, I'll run it through the the wayback machine and see if i can find a version that's been archived somewhere because it probably has <laughs> it's rare that i find something that hasn't been archived in some way shape or form so, um so i kind of went back through that <laughs> What is the game then? What is what is the, the the actual? What do you do? What's the ritual? Yeah, this is one of those games where it's like you mostly. Like, <laughs> there's no real good reason to play this because basically the game will result in like your death or your disfigurement in some way, shape, or form, no matter what you do. Like that's that's one of I think the reasons that it's not really a great like the original pasta was not great. But what you're supposed to do is you you basically you um you you summon a a, a creature known as Mr. Eyes. Um, the idea is that he's missing his eyes and he's gonna steal yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. <laughs> so with this one, um, it's actually it had a lot in common with um the bath game uh, or Durumasan as it's also known, uh, which was really interesting to me because it's you know it involves a summoning you know, ritual of some sort with a bathtub. Um, and then basically you're sort of playing like, you know, this unholy hide and seek with him for the rest of the day until he, you know, arrives to take his prize. Um, but for this one, what you do is you, you like fill the bathtub, you stare into it for a while. Uh, (laughs) you prick your finger, you lean into the bathtub. Um, you stare into the tub again. Uh, if this, if the water, and this is where it starts to get really fantastical. If the water starts to, uh, to, to boil then or, or bubble it's actually not it's not totally clear whether like by boiling we mean the water is hitting up heating up or if it's like you know there's bubbling like there's something breathing under the surface it could be either either way it's probably not you know great for your own personal health but probably not <laughs> yeah legal disclaimer uh, we are not responsible for what happens if you do decide to do any of these games Yes. However, we would like to hear about the results. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess if the water remains still, still, then, you know, the the rituals failed. And so, you know, you're supposed to drain the tub and carry on. Uh, But if it starts to boil, then there's this kind of complicated sequence where you're supposed to look away and then wait until it stops bubbling and then you look back. Um, and if you don't see anything in there, then that means that Mr. Eyes has decided he doesn't want to play with you. Um, you know, sometimes these creatures are fickle. They don't always want to play. Um, but if you see the image of a man reflected back in you in the tub, who is, you know, clearly not in the room with you somewhere, then you're, he, the, the game is on basically at that point. So you've got to drain the tub, break the mirror, um, and then just kind of carry on about your daily life. <laughs> oh, you will, yeah. uh, yeah. you will apparently feel him or see him kind of lurking out of the corner of, of your eyes. Uh, you'll usually know it's him because he doesn't have any eyes of his own. <laughs> and he just kind of like dogs your steps wherever you go. Um, and your, your, your goal is basically to just outlast him. You have to survive until he decides that he's done playing and, you know, gives up and goes home. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, you're supposed to not fall asleep because uh, if you fall asleep, then he will get you. 
Uh, and if he gets you, then, uh, you know, he'll he'll take your eyes. This uh, sounds like an you, episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Oh, it kind of does. Like, again, it's, it took a lot. And I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not great at extemporaneous speaking. So I'm not I'm not really explaining it super well right now. But uh, it, it, it was it was a game that like it took a lot of work to kind of piece it together into uh, like a narrative that made sense. Uh, because a lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is like it's it's always it's it's always very interesting to me because like there's just such a a wide array of uh, you know online horror fiction. Some of it is great. Some of it is really good. The writing is excellent. Some of it is really not great. Uh, well, this is where like Slender Man and all that stuff came from. Yeah. You know these are. Yeah. And look what happened with Slender Man. You know, and yeah. the next thing you know, we've got the little girls, and everybody knows the story there. See- Slender Man's like there. If you get a chance, go on uh, YouTube and check out a. There's a channel called Crypt TV. Oh, Crypt TV is great. I love. Oh Crypt my TV. god, that what you were just describing reminds me of the look see. The look see, it actually very much is. Oh, it's um, so cool. Yeah. Okay, or Stoneheart even. Um, but yeah, but uh, I actually, it's sort of interesting. Slender Man is actually one of the ways that I started. Uh, that I started writing about all of this weird stuff online my very 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 first job as a writer um i it was a like it was a pop culture site eventually sort of became a a celebrity site but at the time that i was writing for it it uh covered you know not it covered not just mainstream pop culture but also like you know weird web culture and nerd culture and all sorts of great stuff which was awesome um and that was probably around 2011 i want to say and that was also around the time that i found the original something awful thread that slenderman originated on and i just like i was just sitting there alone in my apartment at like two o'clock in the morning just like scrolling through this entire thread (laughs) and i was like oh man I think maybe there's maybe there's something here because it was it was fascinating to me that the whole thing was just, you know, the whole thread was about creating fictional supernatural monsters uh, that were designed to feel real using the Internet specifically as a medium. And all of that was really, really interesting to me. So I I pitched uh, I pitched what originally I thought was just going to be a one off. But then I was like, maybe this is an ongoing series called Creepy Things That Seem Real But Aren't. Um, And bless my editor. She was like, you know what? Sure. Let's give it a shot. We'll try it for a couple of weeks. If it doesn't take off, then we'll stop doing it. But uh, that was kind of that was the very first uh, the very first thing that I started writing about. And the first the, the very first installment of that series was about Slenderman. And it was kind of like, you know, examining the myth as we knew it and then breaking it down. Um, so for whatever that's worth, fun trivia. <laughs> well, I guess this would be a good time to jump into the other stuff you've got on your site. Um, sure. I put a post up on our page saying, hey, I'm going to be interviewing this person tonight. Short notice. Is there anything anybody wants to ask about? I was already going to ask you about Skinny Bob. Uh, one okay. person posted, yes, we need to talk about Ivan0135 and Skinny and the Skinny Bob thing, <laughs> which I was already planning on asking you about anyways. So um, tell me about Ivan0135 and Skinny Bob. All right. Uh, a little bit of a disclaimer. I am not as well versed in ufology and in in uh, in alien things as I am in ghosts and urban legends. But that's um, a good this thing. Was... Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but this is still like you know I, I still I was you know an avid watcher of the X Files during its original run and all that good oh, yeah. stuff. But so yeah. this was um this was super yeah. interesting and I kind of so I I had originally like I, I kind of slapped it up as a, a short little post meant to sort of tide readers over while I was traveling and I, I I wasn't able to publish a long form like really heavily researched thing. So so I know less about this one, but what I do know is this. Um, in 2011, someone who was going by the name Ivan0135 posted four incredibly short videos on YouTube. They're all like 
a minute, maybe, you know, one of them, I think, is like maybe a minute and 45 seconds, but they're all very, very short, um, that claim to show evidence of the existence of extraterrestrial life, um, and more importantly, proof that aliens had already arrived on Earth. Uh, the footage in the video uh, claimed it was from between 1942 and 1969. Uh, this is notable because Roswell occurred in 1947, so it would have been sort of right in that in that realm. Um and the first video is just this, like, really vintage-looking footage of, you know, what look like flying saucers, very blurry ones kind of flying around. Um, then there's another video that claims that first contact was made in 1942, uh, after which plans for diplomatic visits, and that's a quote, um, were, were made to discuss matters of mutual concern, is the way the, the video puts it. You know, it's got a lot of title cards that are kind of describing all of this stuff. Uh, but then apparently there was an incident in 1961 where three subjects... Uh, you know, and again, that's how they're referred to as, quote, three subjects, um, found that when they arrived, their arrival had been filmed, which I guess was counter to the agreement uh, concerning the meetings that was in place between, you know, all the people that were meeting. It's all very clandestine. <laughs> the powers um, that be, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, and, you know, this and all of this sort of, you know, this is all, you know, just narrative stuff that's coming up on the screen as words. Um, and then there's a very, very brief uh, piece of footage that, uh, you know, looks like it's from that arrival. And, you know, it's a bunch of Roswell Grays. Um, and then there's a third video, basically, uh, you know, that's just a statement uh, saying that the owner of the channel isn't going to reveal their sources and it's up to us to draw our own conclusions from the footage. But um, the big the big star of this whole series, and again, like each of these videos is really, really short, uh, is the second one that got posted, which was, I want to say, in about April of 2011. Um, and this is the one that actually features the titular Skinny Bob. <laughs> um, the, the video, it's like 25 seconds of exposition via title cards, um, and then 35 seconds of, uh, you know, again, another Roswell Gray. First, it's trained on his head. He's just looking around. Um, and then there is, uh, you know, like a shot of his full body. You know, it's, the camera starts at his feet and then tilts up. Um, and then there's something at the end. I don't know what it is. It's like a big gray blob. I, it's very blurry. Uh, we're clearly, you know, not supposed to totally know what it is, but uh, maybe it's a ship. I don't really know. Um, so all of this stuff just sort of appeared on YouTube in 2011, you know, in, in a very brief space of time. Like they all of them went up between like April and May of that year. Um, and no one really knows what to make of it because we haven't heard from from Ivan zero one three five since then. Um, the there are a lot of people who who absolutely think it's it's proof of UFOs. Um, I'm a little more skeptical just because I'm generally a little more skeptical. Um, and I do know, like I've also read some things about um, you know people who have examined it who are familiar with video editing and image manipulation. And the consensus is that they do the videos do show marks of being hoaxes. Um, one of them, this was something that I want to say Thrillist wrote, because um, they had a, a neat little write-up about this one, uh, where, like, I guess in the Skinny Bob video itself, this, that second one, um, the time code apparently is flashing at a slightly different rate than the footage is, which means, you know, suggests that it might be a post-production trick. Um, I also kind of feel like that if this really had been, like, leaked footage, it would have been shut down really, really fast. But seven years later, it's still available on the original channel. Like, it's still there. No one has taken it down. Um, so my sense is that maybe... Maybe it's not a full web series. Um, I, I do I do enjoy a good spooky web series, but um, kind of something that was sort of along the lines of that, even if it didn't expand into a full thing. But again, I'm I'm generally a skeptic, so that's just me. Um, there are plenty Nothing of other wrong people with who think it's who think it's absolutely real. So <laughs> yeah, you're always going to find that. I I don't. There's no video footage that I can see anymore that I believe is real. Like somebody yeah. posted something on our Facebook page from Fox News of all places that has this moose on the side of the road just sitting there chilling and eating while this guy's filming it in his car. And there's this thing that kind of runs out of the wood from what's in the background and does this weird stance or something off in the trees. And you can't quite make out what it is. And then the video just ends, you know, and there was people talking about the Facebook page and I'm like, well, 
I don't think this is real, A, because, right. you know, there's so much video editing software out there. It looks kind of weird that it doesn't look natural. And B, the guy in the car is like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's They're talking in some foreign language. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, I think it's French, possibly. Um, well, if it's a moose there and they're talking in French, that would probably lead me to believe that it's northern Canada. Canada. Yeah, French-Canadian. But they're all, you know, they're not talking like, oh, my God, there's something in the woods over there about to take down this moose. Everybody hurry up and get in the car, you know, because I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, get in the right. car. There's there's something over there there's in the thing. woods. Yeah, look at that. What? Tell me I'm not just seeing this, you know. And everybody's just calm about it. So at this, I think what it is, in my opinion, is just a guy filming a moose on the side of the road. And he's, us, you know, like they're Canadians. Yes, they see moose all the time. So, yeah, whatever, it's cool, but see the video of it. But they don't make any reference to this weird, like, white lumbering creature coming out of the woods. Right. But my point is, is that video editing is so, it's so common and so, you know, available. and easy to be done. Even yeah. that video, the one that you're talking about of Skinny Bob, which um, reminds me of, there's, there was this group called Aphex Twin, and there's this thing in the, oh, yeah, yeah. You, know the you know the video I'm talking about? I do. I do. <laughs> it looks like that. <laughs> Whatever that it thing does. was. Yeah. And then there's a Butthole Surfers album cover where there's this thing walking around the stage on the cover that looks like that, too. But I, I, I look at the video and I'm like, yeah, this is alien aut- autopsy video all over again with Jonathan yeah. Drake's, you know? Yeah. So it, it's cool because what's neat about it is like it's only those couple of videos and that's it. And they're really short and that's it. It was there and yeah. gone. The guy never responded to it ever again. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's what that's what I think has made it have such impressive longevity is the fact that like he was just there and then he was gone and the stuff is the stuff is still up like we don't yeah. we have no idea what happened after that and that's yeah. like fine but it's it's the not knowing that that sort of makes you want to keep pursuing it even if we know that you're never gonna yeah, you're never like, gonna find the answer you know, to it what's what's the end of this but that's part of the that's part of the story it's like it's like you know joseph Matheny way back he did this thing called ong's hat you know and it was an ongoing mm-hmm. internet background meme about this fictional place up in the pine barrens up in new jersey and all this stuff, and then it just came to an end. But years later, he came along and said, yeah, that was us. But at the time, this was the equivalent to that back then. Yeah. You know, so it's these neat little stories that carry on like this. And even, I mean, I look at the video and go, yeah, that's that's probably fake. Very cool. Yeah, a lot of people think it's, think it's animation of some sort. Um, yeah. You know, there are a lot of theories floating even around about exactly what it might be. Backtrack the video for when it was released at that time frame. At that time frame, it was still pretty advanced video yeah. animation editing for the, for the layman to do. So it could have been, you know, my opinion being the skeptical mind that i am but was probably somebody that was just in the industry that was screwing around yeah. and made something up and threw it up there to have a good time because yeah. i think that would have been Definitely. around the time that alien well that would have been after alien autopsy wouldn't have i think the when that video hit the net i don't remember I, yeah i don't remember when that one was so forever ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> forever in internet time <laughs> let's move on to the noise coming from inside the children all right yeah this was very God, lovecraftian yeah, and I actually I wrote a, I wrote about this a couple of different places. This actually ended up uh, being uh, one of my one of my columns over at the Toast, which you know because I eventually I uh, after after um, you know I, I had uh, moved on from from uh, Crashable, which was where the uh, the creepy things of SteamWorld that aren't um, was was published. Uh, eventually, kind of a couple of years later, I sort of uh, came up with a, a more advanced version of what that was and pitched it to a website called the Toast. Um, as scare yourself silly. And uh, that one kind of expanded the whole thing from uh, looking at things that seem like they're real, but aren't to things that are, are like seem so weird that they couldn't possibly be real, but then like are actually real. So, uh, but the, the noise, the noise coming from inside children was something that I covered both there and at the ghost of my machine. Cause it was something that I just like, I spent weeks 
digging up as much as I could about this thing. Cause it was I just admire so, your dedication. I really so do. <laughs> and this is one where like, I, I mean, I, I, my, my, the conclusion that I ultimately came to is that it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's another urban legend, but I'm not totally sure. Like there are a lot of, there are, there are some threads that I wasn't totally satisfactory, satisfactorily able to unravel, which was interesting to me. Um, but so what, what the noise coming from inside children was supposed to be is it's, it's the name of, it's not clear whether it's supposed to have been a short story or a novel, but a piece of a work of fiction written by a little-known author uh, by the name of Ed Kahn. Um, and it's spelled uh, K-A-N-N. Uh, so... Kahn! Kahn! Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. Sorry, I apologize for no, Shatner. No, Shatner that, is, that, is a, that is an excellent reference to make, so, you know, no apologies needed. <laughs> um, but so it's, you know, it, it was supposed to have been one of those stories that was, like, so so disturbing that uh it's not that it like you know drove anyone mad it's it's you know because that's a really really trite um you know uh what is the word yeah, it's a lovecraftian meme yeah so uh, but but it was supposed to be one of one of the horror genre's greatest and rarest works um and it's a great title like it's a really great title because <laughs> i want to know what the noise coming from inside children is and why it's so creepy um but, and I first encountered this in just like a random listicle, uh, you know, on like weird, you know, just weird stories, you know, it was just something that chronicled, uh, you know, weird urban legends. Um, and kind of what I found from it is that it was, it, it, the story was supposed to have been like published in a newspaper in the 1970s, um, that, uh, you know, one of his earlier, one of the, the writer's alleged earlier works had, uh, you know, achieved great acclaim, um, but the the release of the of the noise coming from inside children didn't go quite as planned because it was like it was actually too effective it was too creep it was too creepy um and i you know i i kind of i i did a lot of digging and i there i found that this really weird connection between uh between the, the noise coming from inside children at ed con and a super nintendo game called the secret of evermore um oh my God, i remember that <laughs> yeah yep. so, so according to this and again i don't know so most of the, the the primary source for a lot of the stuff about um the noise coming from inside children comes from a, a, a blogspot blog of someone who is trying to kind of like find it and remember it and stuff um but there were a couple of other uh, other sources that sort of linked out and I, I i still don't know if it was someone trying to like you know one person laying different different little uh little you know breadcrumbs almost throughout the internet and just didn't quite carry it through uh but uh so on a separate site it was there was this whole thing where uh ed con was supposed to have been working uh as part of the development team for the secret of evermore um and then he was fired from it for like taking the element of darkness too far <laughs> like he wanted to make that game too too dark um and then later on and then there's like a little reference on this page to like later on he gained you know temporary cult status for the disturbing short story the noise coming from inside children um so you know there's there's just so there's so much that we don't know <laughs> Um, you know, and I tried, I tried doing as much digging into like Ed Kahn himself as I could find. I, you know, tried digging through the timeline, uh, you know, and just seeing if I could figure out like, you know, when the story would have actually been written. Um, there were a lot of inconsistencies, like some sources said that the story had been written in the seventies. Others, um, you know, said that it, the way I did the math, you know, it would have been written much, much later, you know, maybe around the, around the nineties, you know, the mid nineties. Um, 
so it, it's it's just something that I, I I think ultimately probably it's all fiction, um, like the whole the whole the story itself, Edcon. Like I think the whole thing is uh, is uh, an urban legend. But the fact that we just like don't totally know again, like that's the thing that sort of. So the story is not a real story then, or is the story I have never been able to find any indication that this, like, I've never been able to find the text. I've never been able to find records of the publication of it. I've never been able to find, like, weird random clippings. Nothing. I haven't found any trace of the actual story. Um, And that, I think, is the thing that drives me the the most bonkers about the whole thing is because, like, I really want to read a story called The Noise Coming From Inside Children. That's a great title. (laughs) You know, I want to know what that story is. It sounds like a Polybius kind of thing where it's like it never actually existed, but because it never existed, it will now exist yeah because kind of. <laughs> it was you know brought into existence through not existing and then that doesn't make any sense at all but <laughs> yet, yet it does. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the, the author isn't real either then it's just as far as i know the author is not real um I, again i it's it's possible that i missed something huge and it's been a couple of years since i looked into this so like maybe i needed to go do an updated uh, investigation of it um but as far as i know I, none of it is real i don't think but again, I could be wrong. <laughs> or it's like a mouth of madness kind of story. Um, yeah, or, or shadows over Innsmouth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, that's one of my favorite stories, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I know. That's my, that's my favorite H.P. Lovecraft story. Um, so, yeah, it's so it's just come about that this author exists and the story exists, but nobody can find anything more. It's weird that that would have urban legend pertaining to it. You would figure it would just stop right there and that would be the end of it. So it's like there's it's like somewhere out there, there's this really awesome story called The Noise Coming from Inside Children. But nobody knows where this story is. And it's written by this guy. But nobody can find anything more about this guy. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like the story itself is the awesomeness. I mean, there are just there's so many layers to it, because like there's the mystery of what's in the story. There's the mystery of where the story was published and, you know, who Ed Can is like just all of the whole thing. I think it it just sort of like builds in on itself in a really interesting way. So. All right. Well, we're coming up on close to an hour, but I, I'm going to ask you about, since you brought it up at the beginning of the interview, cool. <laughs> um, Kisigari, I can't say it. What? Kisigari Station? Uh, uh, Kis- I, I believe it's Kisaragi Station. Um, Kisaragi. Okay. Yeah. My Japanese pronunciation is only slightly better than my Portuguese and Indonesian pronunciation. Um, I, I couldn't so- pronounce it at all, so you're doing better than I am. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I, I watch a lot of anime. Um <laughs> Uh, in any event, um, Kisaragi Station, it's, uh, this is something that I originally saw. There's a section on the site that I call the Encyclopedia of the Impossible, and it's sort of um, meant to chronicle existing urban legends and weird phenomena in a slightly more creative form. It's kind of like it's kind of like the SCP Foundation, except that the, the difference in the format is the fact that like all of the SCP Foundation uh, creatures were you know, written specifically for the SCP Foundation, whereas this is like the results of my research just presented in an interesting way. Um, so you know, it could be figures from folklore, it could be you know, weird and persistent urban legends, it could be a wide variety of things. Um, and what I like about Kisaragi Station is that it's basically a ghost train reg- legend. And, you know, you, you can find ghost train legends all over the world. Again, it's that whole, the, the cultural connection. Like, there's 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 something similar to this in almost every culture and every language. Um, like, actually, I just found out yesterday, there is an urban legend in Philadelphia called the Bus to Nowhere, uh, where I guess it only stops for you in, like, complete, utter despair, and then you just write it until you feel better and you feel like it's time to get off. But, like, when you get off, it could be years later and you would never have known it. Um, See, so, these sound like how these sound like fey folklore stories about yeah. being taken to the fey world, and yeah. then you come back, you know, years later or something like that. Yeah, and there's, there's also like there's undertone. also there's um there's a <laughs> and the, the funny thing about this is that these trains are real. Um, in Sweden, I guess there's a um, it's it's 
It's spelled silver pylon, pylon, uh, I don't know. It translates to silver arrow. I know that much. Um, and these are actually actual real trains that are in the Stockholm Metro. Um, they, in the, in the 60s, I guess, there was a move to put a couple of like unpainted aluminum trains into the Metro um, to kind of test them out as a way to expand the Metro while also keeping budgets down because they weren't really, you know, they weren't decorated. They were very, very simple. Um, Obviously, that didn't take off. Um, and by now, they're so rarely seen that all of these urban legends have sprung up around these trains that, like, do actually exist. And most of the stories are, like, this, you know, the sort of basic, if you board this train, like, you'll never get off. It will just go forever and you'll be stuck on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sounds like fun. Yeah, it's kind of like the Hotel California of trains. Um, but so then what I liked about Kisaragi Station is that it's actually not just the train that's weird. It's the stop that you get off at. You know, because the, the the train legends are usually very focused on the train itself, but I, I kind of like that this one sort of expanded it. And what was more interesting was the fact that it unfolded in real time originally. Um, and this is, so again, this was one that I found in a Reddit thread on a tip of her tongue thread where someone was like, so I remember this weird story about someone riding a train and then we never heard from them again. And God love them, someone was able to find it. Um, but so the way uh, the way it all kind of unfolded was in 2004, um, someone started posting on, the two-chan, on a two-chan board in Japan um, about a, a really weird experience that they were literally in the middle of. They, they they said that they had gotten on a train, the train that they usually used to commute to and from work, uh, but that the train had been going, like traveling for much longer than it usually did without stopping. And they were like, I, I don't really know what's going on. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but the, the great thing is that, because so eventually the train did stop at a station, but there was something weird there too. The station was kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was basically deserted. Uh, the person couldn't use their cell phone. I mean, it was 2004. So, you know, phones were not quite as advanced as they are now, but like we all still had them at that point. Um, the sign for the station read Kisaragi Station, uh, but it, and this is this is something that uh, like intellectually I understand, but I, I can't really get the real punch of it because I, I don't I don't speak Japanese or read kanji. But apparently, the, the although the name of the station is pronounced Kisaragi, it was written with the kanji for demon. So you know, oh. do do with that what you will. Um, nice. Nice uh, so, you know, um, so eventually the uh, the uh, the the poster, the original poster, you know, got off the platform um, and started just walking to see if they could find anyone, like anyone or anything. Um, you know, they experienced a couple of weird things. They like heard some drums in the distance. They saw an old man with one leg um, who then vanished. Uh, but then eventually they uh, they encountered a, a seemingly pleasant man who offered them a ride to the nearest station. Uh, so the poster got in the car, uh, started seemingly to get really uneasy. Pleasant. Yes, seemingly pleasant. Um, the, he started to get very erratic once they were in the car. So the last message that this uh, the the uh, the poster wrote was that they were starting to not feel great about it. So they were going to try to make a run for it, and then we never heard from them again. Um, so again, it's one of those like the story just kind of like stopped. Really know what happened. Um, but again, what was so interesting. About this, and and uh, you know, I, I found a couple of different English translations, and I did I did find I did find an archive of the original Two Chan thread, and ran it through Google Translate, and you know, it was obviously very imperfect. But um, what's so interesting to me about this is that the story, what like the the poster was recounting all of this in real time, so it was very it was almost like an interactive piece of storytelling. You know, other people on Two Chan were answering questions and trying to like research where the poster might have been. Uh, they gave them advice. They you know, and completely just followed along as the story unfolded, and like that's just a really interesting storytelling technique to me um because it's like it reads like a conversation you've got the original poster and you've got everyone kind of chiming in uh so that that it's 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 still it still holds up too i mean the the other remarkable thing is the fact that the story is almost 15 years old at this point and it's still cool you know <laughs> which is neat i've heard those nice stories stands up. yeah i've heard a similar story about like a car where someone will 
like a car will pull up to give somebody a ride or it's a taxi cab and then they get in the car and then they're just stuck in the car. They can't get out Forever. of the car. Yep. Yeah, until the car like eventually pulls over and picks up somebody else and then you're released and the next person gets in the car. You know, there's that's that's one that I've heard before carried down. I've heard that one, I don't know for yeah. how long I've heard that one. I'm not sure where it generated from, but it's a variation on the same story. Yeah. But to hear it as a ghost train is pretty cool. Yeah. And also, like, what was what was really interesting, too, about this one is that the um, so the poster actually did. And I, I did some of the research to look into this to see if I could identify which tra- like I looked into Japanese railway system because uh, they did mention a couple of very specific stations. So they mentioned the station that the train that they were on originated from, which was um, Shinhamatsu or Shinhamamatsu. Sorry. Um, and at one point, I guess the, the the nearby station that the creepy dude with the car was supposed to take the poster to was Hina Station. Um, and if I granted again, it's I'm working with a lot of like cultural and linguistic barriers barriers but um if both of those stations are the are, are correct and if i if i manage to place the trains correctly on the correct lines uh those tra- those two stations don't st- they're not on the same line which is even look more at the research you've done man, <laughs> man wow <laughs> nice so this is I mean, incredible again, I, might, I might be wrong about all of that like it's 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 still a distinct possibility i i don't i don't claim to have like totally ironed it out if i actually read japanese that would have been better but um or if I was actually, you know, familiar with the Japanese railway system. But, uh, and the other, the other thing that actually has made the story age interestingly too, is the fact that the, uh, the line that this, the second station, the one that's supposed to be near Kisaragi station was on, that line was actually discontinued in 2012. So I would be interested to see if like, uh, you know, if the story kind of a new version of the story ever starts to kick up and that becomes part of the part of the lore, you know, the fact that, you know, they're now near a station that apparently is on a line that is no longer in operation. So, uh, nice. I, I'm, you know, I'd like I'd like to see I, I would like to see a, someone continue this one somewhere somehow. Uh, it'd be cool, I think. But uh, you're you're amazing. I cannot believe <laughs> the amount of time and research you put into finding this stuff. I just spend too much time on the internet. <laughs> no, this is this is awesome. I mean, I wish more people did stuff like this. But then again, I don't know how you have the patience and the time to just go digging for this stuff. This is incredible. Like, it's not only not only did you say, yes, here is an urban legend. It's like, I'm going to go as deep as I can into this and go down this well as far as I can. And there goes one of my neighbors riding a minibike. Um <laughs> But I'm I'm absolutely I, I legitimately am blown away by by how much you do with this. It's well it's, done. It's you. incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Good on you. It's no paying off. <laughs> it's really cool. Lucia, thank you very much for coming on here and doing this. I'm I'm going to be bothering you again sometime down the road. Um, oh, not. A, I, I enjoy being bothered. <laughs> um, it was very this, interesting. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, I, I've I've loved talking to you. This is so cool. You got to come back stuff. on. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you, you have to at some point, probably like five or six months down the road, I'll bug you to come back on and talk to you about more stories that you found because this is an ongoing thing with you. Sounds good. Um, so tell everybody where people can find you if they want to look look at your blog or if they want to talk to something because you've you've written other like we were talking before we went on the air about how you uh, wrote a thing about um, was it pickled flavored Doritos oh, yeah. or something <laughs> like that. I mean, you've got all these really obscure, really off, not not paranormal or urban legend stories but you just you just cover really quirky stuff even <laughs> off of your vlog that's really cool so how can people find you uh, well, the ghost in my machine is very easy to find. It's just the ghost in my machine.com. Um, nice and simple. Also, if you Google it, it should, it should pop up. Um, uh, I am on social media. I'm not very good at social media, but I am on it. <laughs> so on Twitter, I'm, 
I'm at Ghost Machine 13. Uh, Facebook is just the ghost of my machine. Um, and yeah, if you want to follow my 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 not creepy stuff, uh, I I write daily news for Bustle.com, uh, B-U-S-T-L-E.com, um, and I often cover uh, like viral trending news and like weird things like pickle Doritos because pickle flavored things are apparently having a moment that I can't really explain. Yeah, there was but a that's pickle okay. slushy for a while, I believe. Oh yeah, there, yeah. I think Sonic was, had a yeah, pickle slushy. Uh, there were like I think pickle, it said pickle Sonic. Pots. Yeah. So, so yeah pickle if you like pickle flavored things apparently there's a, a great following for pickle flavored things and we've been covering a lot of that lately um so and actually and i do periodically actually write um like i cover true crime for for bustle sometimes too or like the dear david story i covered that for bustle extensively for months and months and months and you um, do true crime wow <laughs> i just like weird creepy stuff it's fun um so yeah oh so i'm, I'm God, around Google we me. find a good person in you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we hit the gold mine and now i have people to talk about it with awesome oh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah thank you very much for coming out and doing this well, this was a riot um, I really appreciate what you do. I've said it a million times already on the show. Now that I've talked to you, I appreciate it even more. <laughs> mm-hmm. The fact that you go and dig this deeply into this stuff. Of course. Thanks for having me. I have had a lot of fun. Thank you. Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203-212-9975. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section, or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. So that was Lucia Peterson. I thought that I was nervous during interviews and that I talked fast. I think she's just high energy. Yeah, she was. Well, after I got used to it, it was like, I I can deal with this. It's cool because like that's the difference between me when I'm nervous. I will not only talk fast, but I will babble. So um, it is now uh, 24 hours later. My caffeine. No, it's not 24 hours yet. It's uh, the next day now. (laughs) Let's see. Twelve. It's 16 hours removed. My Africola buzz has now worn off. Oh, God, I hope so. So it was weird because, like, we're recording and I'm like, wow, this chick is really, really going. And I'm really whacked out on caffeine. So <laughs> I'm like, I need to keep my act together or we'll both be going nuts on this. But um, she was a lot of fun, man. That interview yep. flew by real fast. Like, sure I looked up and it was like, wow, we're at 47 minutes now. And uh, from what she told us, that was her first appearance on any kind of a show or what have you. Yep. So I'm sure we will be bugging her again. Wow, my voice just went out. Um, so anyways, let's get to other matters of importancy. First off. Um, You're going to eat that thing, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Ugh, I'm gonna, dude. Have you tried them yet? They're terrible. You've tried them, though. Dude, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Before we get to the voicemail, I'm going to eat this um, this cotton candy flavored. Dude, Twinkie. it's just not good. It's not good. Is it me or have Twinkies gone down in size? They seem They're to be smaller a, than they used to be. Yeah, they yeah. seem to be about 25% smaller. So, okay, here goes. The filling is pink. It is a smaller Twinkie. It's not good. It's too sweet. Wow. Um. You're better off just putting a spoonful of sugar in your face. God damn, I like it. 
Oh, I do. Dude, well, of course you do, because you're just shooting for diabetes. You know what? That's what I was going to say. This tastes like diabetes. Here. Sure it does. Diabetes it's, is delicious. Tastes like hatred. <laughs> it tastes pretty good, damn it, unfortunately. Um, this is bad because I could probably eat this whole box, and that's not what my intended goal was here. Why not am I thing. fat? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the fucking sugar you're throwing into your face. That's not bad. I, I actually nope, like it's it. all you. Nope, like it's it. all you. I'm not well, a cotton candy fan to begin with, so. I was expecting a lot stronger of cotton candy flavor, but it's not as... um. It just tastes like sugar. Um. Well, that's what cotton candy is. It's spun yeah. warmed sugar. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, This is bad. I don't need to be <laughs> eating this crap. You'll get more. No, I won't. I, I haven't. You. No. It's been a long, long time since I've eaten any kind of a Twinkie. They had the chocolate peanut butter filled ones there, and I was like, nah. They're not, they're not good. We can get those around here. Um, they're not good. Well, I, I don't think they're bad. I like them. I think they're good, which is not good because I've got a box of the damn things here, and I need to get rid of these things, and I don't want You'll to. You'll eat them all. No. You'll eat them all. My only weakness, I won't. I'll probably end up giving these to somebody at work or something. My only weakness in regards to stuff that I shouldn't eat is the gourmet jelly beans of any kind. Jelly bellies, the other knockoff ones and stuff. If somebody, like, my wife gets me a canister of them every once in a while for Christmas, and I'm like, don't get me those, and she'll get me them as, as to be a joke, and I'll eat the fucking things in two days. So whose you know? problem is that? <laughs> it's mine. Wow. It is that my problem. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> no, it, it is my problem. I, I've, I've gone to Jelly Beans Anonymous. I fully admit that I have a problem. Jelly Beans Anonymous. It's uh, it's bad. Um, I, I'm probably going to start using you as my sponsor at some point. For JBA, dude, I'll lead you right down and wrap it <laughs> Forget I'm that, gonna dude, We're going to relapse together. And That's going to be like smacking my arm. Lobo, I need a fix, man. And you're going to be like, yeah, so what the fuck Here's you call me for? Go buy some. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is I've got a bulk food store right around the corner from me that has all of the different flavors and all of the different bends. So you can go in there and make your own combination of flavors if dude, you want to. just be eating the Juicy Pear. Oh, I can't stand the Juicy Pear. Oh, it's my oh. favorite. Oh, God, it is the worst flavor for me. Oh. You, sir, are a communist. Oh, God. No. No. Ooh. All right. Let's let's move on here because you have found the best news story of the week, even though, um, as I have figured out, it is fake. Elsa it says it right in it. Fake yeah, story. It, well, when you posted it, you posted like a picture in the Facebook page yeah. of the story. So then I started looking around going, we need to cover this. And I found it at multiple sources, but none of them were from real reputable rep websites. There was never anything saying, you know, this is the source of this story. Um, no, of course not, because it's a bridge too far. That's why. exactly. So actually, I wasn't going to reveal that it was a fake story till the end. But hey, we've let the cat out of the bag. You're going to read it. You're gonna why read am I going to read it? Because you found it. It's found funny it? as hell. Dude, I didn't even find it. I stole it from, I think, You uh, posted it. Stephen McDaniel's page. You posted it. So let's yeah. get this going so we can run the uh, uh, here. I'm all in on this guy selling energy drinks filled with crystal meth and gasoline out of his tree fort. Jeez. It says, edit, fake story. Yeah. 72-year-old Jasper June of Boone County, West Virginia, was arrested on charges of making and selling his own homemade energy drinks containing meth out of his tree fort. A fucking tree fort. How great is this guy? When, that's not an ad lib. That's in the story. It's in the story. When police showed up, they found June wearing an adult diaper and browsing through an Arabic porno magazine. Now, I must say, when I read the story, this is the point where I said, all right, this there's too much. There's just too much this, loopiness here. This is 
This well, is when when I, when I saw Arabic adult film. diaper and Arabic porno mag, I said, all right, this is just getting a little bit too far. This sounds too crazy to be real. Now, if it had said Florida in it, maybe I would have gone along with it. But then I was like, wow. Georgia's only Georgia's only one state up from Florida. West Virginia. So, West yeah. Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Few, you're right. Yeah. OK. Few, few states separated yeah, from few that. States devil separated. Thing. But genetically, not so much. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Police tested 25 bottles of energy drink, each which contained meth. That I could believe. I could totally sure. see somebody doing that. Yeah. He's discovered June's practice after several high school girls had to be hospitalized for internal bleeding after consuming the drinks. This is what June had to say about the drinks. They're just energy drinks like Rockstar Monster. It's not meth in there. It's just lemonade, caffeine, sugar, and a couple drops of gasoline. I swear to God, I didn't put meth in there. He then backtracked and went <laughs> with this version. Okay, I put a little meth in there. To get them addicted and keep customers coming back. I know they'll all testify against me, so let me make thing, something else clear. I pissed in each bottle. That was where another red flag started going off. Yeah. I said, all right, th- this is getting a little bit weirder. This sounds yeah, a little dude, bit more fakey. We've covered stories in the past that, that had yeah. inklings of each one of these statements in them. I know, I know, I know, but never the full Monty. So oh. keep going. Well, if there's one thing we know, it's the energy drinks are going to work. Nothing will get you jacked up like meth, like a little meth, gasoline, and human urine. Bottom line is when you buy a product, you want it to work. And if these little high school bitches want to run and be narcs after purchasing a quality working energy drink for a bargain price of only 20 bucks, then I have no words. Plus, if you're them and you see this guy selling this drink and you still buy it, that's on you. Okay, I that just I can lo- see. Yeah. yeah. Buyer beware. Yeah, yeah. I just love everything about Jasper June and his retail business. He read pornos in a foreign language while wearing his diaper. And when police asked about his product, he was is adamant that there is no meth in there, only gasoline. And then when forced to confess, he throws a big fuck you in there and tells everyone these girls drank his piss too. Icing on the cake. P.S. How perfect is this guy's name and where he is from? Jasper June from Boone County, West Virginia, selling meth out of his tree fort. And then they don't really have. Well, um, there's well, there nothing. is a link on here. It's from moron.com, which obviously is probably a reputable news source. Totally. So, this is reputable as Fox. Yeah. Uh, well, that story making it on Fox, I, as I said earlier, I was surprised that that one made it on there because usually Fox News, the major news organizations, when they get this kind of stuff, they usually try to vet it a little bit because they've got better things to talk about than, you know, crazy, weird stories like that. But this, right. I figured this would have made it into one of the you know lower ones in that. And it, I couldn't find it anywhere. It was all of these sites like Moron and, and <laughs> blah, 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 you know. So I was like, all right, this is probably fake. And then we pulled this story up just before you jumped on. It said, edit fake story. So he just fake. added that on there. So anyways, let me uh, pull this up here because uh, – we have got the probably most epic phone call we have ever gotten ever in the history of this show. I'm trying to use the phone! Hello, my name is Lady Wilhelmina from Worcester in the UK. What? I've just been listening to episode 268 of your Droll Little Entertainment Drool. Program. Droll? Quite frankly, <laughs> you must try harder if you wish to offend us here on the other side of the pond. Huh. What's the matter? Have you all had too many bangs in the head from that game you incorrectly refer to as football? Maybe too it's many all bangs in the head. And your chicken nuggets and your taco. There it goes. There's kind of a little pause in between the words. 
spell floating around oh, <laughs> clogging up your brains. But either way, there are so many truly awful stereotypes about us fox-hunting, Europating, tea-sipping limeys that you could give us a proper <laughs> kicking. Step it up, what? rednecks. Love you all. What? Doodles. Doodles. <laughs> what right. the fuck was that? I don't know. That was the best voicemail ever. It is legit. She is actually is from the UK because I have the phone number. It is a plus number number, actual number from the UK. Um, oh my God. The, the fact that this person called from overseas to say that is in itself awesome. Um, two, I've never heard from this person ever before. Nope. She got the Taco Bell reference correct. Um, I don't know. This is probably like one of the best voicemails we have ever received. I heard this and I was in tears the first time I listened to it because it came through on my phone and I was crying with laughter. I almost could not breathe. And my wife's like, what did you do? Who did you offend? And I'm like, no, no, this is gold. (laughs) That's awesome. What a train wreck. I also like the way that she referred to herself. The I don't know. I mean, (laughs) that was messed up. It's it was good. It's it messed up. British stereotypes. I don't think British stereotypes are all that bad. Um, eh. You know, it's like very polite. Yes. Yes, exactly. That was the other great thing about it. That was the most polite, politely scolding I've ever received, even though politely scolding isn't a proper way to put it. Um, eh. That was great. I, I don't know who you are, but a thank gentle you. smackdown. Thank you very much for calling. I would like to apologize for for sending Trump over your country, but your response of the inflatable Trump balloon was fantastic. Oof. Um, am I the only one that when they saw that inflatable balloon, I immediately went to Pink Floyd? You know, Did no, you- Pink Floyd thought of it too. Yeah, well, th- well, somebody I'm, I know somebody edited the picture. They took the uh, the picture of the pigs flying over the power plant, and they edited the uh, the Trump balloon oh, yeah. flying over. Yeah, but as soon as they, as soon as I saw the balloon floating in the air, I'm like, someone's gonna take and edit this onto a Pink Floyd album cover, and sure shit, they did. So of course, yeah. Anyways, one more time, thank you very much for the voicemail. That was <laughs> that was fantastic. I, I loved it. <laughs> I couldn't wait to have you hear that. Um. So yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for the week. Um. Thank you very much, Lucia, for coming on the show. A lot of fun talking to you. Do go check out her blog, The Ghost in My Machine. Um, God, I'm probably there. I know there are movies there once a week and one way or another, my, my favorite section is the most dangerous game. And I, I'll just scroll through there. It's a great, like, if you've never been there before, po- prepare to go there and just waste time. If you're in, oh, it's a time suck. It's totally a time suck. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's worth it. Yeah. I think, um, she's going to be one of those people that we bug on to get on here like every six months or something like that. Sure. I can see her coming on here a couple of times a year when she gets uh, enough articles piled up. You know, it'll be like, all right, come on, let's come on here and talk about this. And uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, she'll do it. <laughs> I'm sure she had fun. Because we've got like this pool of bloggers that we pull from and, and she's now in that pool, which there's a few that we haven't had on here in a while. I'm thinking about bugging them again. Um, the uh, the podcast uh, Forgotten Darkness, Andrew Gable's show. Have you listened to it? It's good. I like it a lot. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's. I like it a lot. Episode now, I believe it is. Um, he just dropped a new one. He's getting better every show. I've been giving him little tips behind the scenes, and uh, he's coming along quite nicely. There's a few people in the background that are, are starting up their own podcasts and things that I've been giving a hand with. Um, Robert over at oh god, what the hell is his last name? I'm having a stroke. I can't remember it now. Oh dear. No, Robert, you know who I'm talking about. He was on Soraya's show. He's on our, He hangs out on the Facebook page. Um, he's got the blog, the blog about the crazy monsters and stuff like that. 
He does Junkland Radio. Oh, my God. I do? No, you know who it is? I probably do. He was on the show just recently. That doesn't help me. Oh, my God. Hold on a minute here. Now I gotta. Now I have to look it up. Brewster? I'm, no. Y- yeah. Yeah, Robert Brewster. There you go. See? Yeah, because he's got his thing going now, and I've been giving him tips behind the scenes. I went through all of that just to say I've been giving him tips behind the scenes. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> High five. I'm now going on a sugar buzz because of the oh. damn Twinkie. There's another show that I'm supposed to plug, and I can't remember which one it is. It's not Dark Poutine, is it? No, I love that show, but no, it's not that one. They do got a damn good show. Don't they? And I'm not much of a true crime guy anymore, but man, that show's good. I love it. I've actually actually hooked on another show that I've been binging, and it was uh, There Be Monsters is the name of it. I have heard of that show, but I have not yet listened to it. He's the one who did the cryptid crate. Oh, the guy that we ran the ads for. Yeah, he does the yeah. cryptid crate. He has his own show, but it's called Monsters Among Us now. It used to be called There Be Monsters. Yeah. And he's changed it to Monsters Among Us. I'm I'm deep into what, the third season? Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm deep into the third season. I am currently on his third season, episode 11. I'll be starting on Men in Black and UFOs. It's really good. That. It's I re- I recommend it. It's really good. I was actually pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Well, um, yeah, and Forgotten Darkness is on its third episode. His newest one is Jack the Shoe Slasher. Yeah, that was a dude, weird it's show. Really good, dude. <laughs> it's really good. I'm, I it's I don't want it to sound like a dick like a dick move or anything, but. It's a really good show. It's surprisingly good for someone who's just starting off in a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was surprised by it too. I mean, he's getting—he's only on his third episode, but he's getting better yeah. with every show. It's just—I'm like, now you just need to become a little bit more comfortable with what you're doing. So, but again, when you're when you're learning how to do podcasting, there's all this technical junk you got to do in the background when you're doing it yourself, and then on top of that, you have to you know become used to what you're doing and. You know, unfortunately, we've been doing it for so long now. A lot of the stuff just becomes second nature for me. Yeah. It's you know. Then I started up that um that brew page this week because every people I mean, on Facebook, all these people I've been talking to about brewing, and I did that brewing episode. So I just said to hell with it. It's going to be easier for me to start a page, and we'll just all hang out there. And like now, it's like up to like twenty something people, which doesn't sound like yeah. a lot, but I had no idea how many people that I am involved with that do this kind of stuff, or people that I've taught how to do this, or that are like in this little circle of people that make beer and wine and junk like that, that are involved with me or who I've gotten into it. I was just like, all right, this is, this is kind of crazy, but sure. We'll roll with it. <laughs> so I have so, one other thing I have to bring up. Oh, you're going to bring um, up Aaron's uh, voicemail that he tried to leave with Morris code. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is out of the ordinary for me. This is a, a show that's on YouTube. It's called into the abyss. And all you got to do is go on YouTube and, and search for Into the Abyss. I almost never give it a shot. YouTube shows because it's just, I don't know. I, I just, Dude, yeah, just give it know. a shot. It is like a, it's, it's really good. What I found it? this guy. It's a, it's like our show. It does urban legends and conspiracies and stuff, but it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's really good. I found it on, I found them on, um, Instagram. I started following him so that I could see what was going on. And the guy shot me a follow back on my Instagram. And I'm like, all right, cool. So he gave me the link and I told him I'd give him a shout out on our show. But I haven't touched our really YouTube good. channel in years. 
I, I need to, but dude, I'm on YouTube all the time. I need to. I, I think I've got like our first hundred episodes or something on there, which reminds me, we're coming up on episode 300. Yeah, well, this will be 270. Yeah, 269. We're at 269 right now. Is it? Yeah, this is episode 269, but like 300. And I remember like, yeah, wow, I don't know, we're dude. 200. This is crazy. And now we're like, wow, we're not that far away from going on 300. Kill me now. What? Yeah, it's crazy. All right, we're done. Um, no show next week because I am going to be out of town. So we've been running another best of. So we will be back with another episode. Whether or not you're going to be here, I'm not sure. Which will, looks like it's going to be August 25th is the next time we'll be recording again. Unless you're going to be out of town, then I won't be recording I with you. don't know. Yeah. I have to look at my schedule. I got an author that I'm going to try to have on. So that's going to be like one of those shows where you're just kind of sitting back listening to us talk and throwing questions in because I don't have a way to get you a copy of the book. No, it's the 18th. You're off yeah. next week. It's the 11th. Then yeah, I'll be back so the, the 18th. 18th. Yeah. Are you going to be back on the 18th or you don't? Know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just play it by ear. That's how we've been doing it all summer because our schedules are whack. Yeah. Oof. So, yeah. Um, don't send TJ's us- birthday is the following weekend. Oh, my God. I haven't talked to him since I was down in Texas. <laughs> Every time I do, he's like, I'm just about ready to get something new going. I'm like, all right, well, when you Dude, do, he's busy, you know where to find us. And then I'll be yeah. like a year will pass. How you been, man? Oh, I'm great. I'm just about ready to get something going again. I'm about ready to bring the 13 skulls back. Dude, I okay. told him that having a kid was going to change everything. <laughs> he's got two. Yeah. I know. Is 13 skulls still available? Can you still download it? I, is it still out there? No idea. I'm uh, sure it is. All right. Well, we're babbling. Um, yeah, don't send us messages with Morse code messages and expect us to. <laughs> I'm listening to it. Like, I'm like, <laughs> when's KMFDM supposed to start here? And it never did. So, <laughs> all right, we're out. Uh, talk to you guys in two weeks. Peace out, everybody. I don't know. Peace. Bye bye.
wait a minute. Why are you sending me a phone message saying booting up now? Did you just send that message? Nope, I sent that. You sent that at 329. Yep. So our phones suck, Skype sucks, the heat sucks, the internet sucks, and Morris Yay! code sucks. Hooray, suck these Twinkies do not suck. Dude, they're terrible. You're fucking crazy. I, I they're terrible. I'm not going to eat this box. You will. No. No. You will. I won't. Nope. You'll eat the whole box and you'll be like, dude, I ate the whole box. Nope. I will. And then I'll be like, I told you. Nope. 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 Okay. Nope. nope. I'm too fat as it is. All right. Okay. We're done. I'm going to get out of here. All right, man. And uh, I'll talk to you whenever or something okay. like that. Peace. <laughs> Peace.